Support for Mark and Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. It's Tuesday, August 22nd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today, the head of Fool Asia, Brian Richards. Good to see you. Chris, always a pleasure to be with you here. Thank so, you. On the most recent episode of Motley Fool Money, we got a question uh, about, uh, or was it Motley Fool Money or Market Fool? They all blur together for me. <laughs> um, but we got a question last week from a listener that that the preface of his question was essentially, "Hey, I was clicking around Fool.com and I noticed you've got all these other sites in different comp- uh, in different countries in in Australia, in Germany, in Canada, um, and you and Tom Gardner." Uh, and a couple other fools just got back from a big trip, Japan, Hong Kong, Singapore, and that's why I wanted to drag you away from your actual job <laughs> into the studio to to share some of the highlights from that. And why don't we start with the fact that you did some member meetups because we we had we had talked about that on on this podcast and on Motley Fool Money where we said, hey, by the way, we're going to be doing uh, we've got some people going out. And uh, and people responded. People are like, I live in Hong Kong. I, I would love to go to that. So how first? How were the member meetups? Thank you for that. By the way, we did have uh, several members showed up, uh, having listened to the podcast. So uh, the member meetups are they're always great. Um, we have members in over 130 countries around the world. Um, we have one paying member in Uganda. We haven't we haven't had a meetup there quite yet. Um, we ended up having um, uh, an impromptu meetup in Tokyo uh, and uh, in a larger one in Hong Kong, and they're always great. I mean, we, we get to meet people who um, are, I mean, the, the, the interesting thing is you're talking to people who are typically locals, not expats, um, who, who are buying products in English, paying in US dollars for Motley Fool services. Um, which are geared towards the U.S. Uh, markets, so they really want this information, right. um, and and so you know it's it's such a it's such a nice um, hour or two uh, to get to spend with people who just love this topic and are as passionate about it um, as we are, uh, and then obviously when you hear stories uh, about people who have bought. Um, Netflix in 2004, based on a Motley Fool recommendation, you know, and they just they they're smiling ear to ear. Not all of them work out like that, but um, you know, the, the it's it's fun to hear stories like that. That's great, particularly if you held through the Quickster debacle. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> which not everybody did. Um, by the way, um, uh, thank you to uh, Fiona Fang and Albert, a couple of uh, a couple of listeners who um, our colleague Randy mentioned uh, that. Uh, Said to say hello, so thank you, thank you for coming and 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 meeting up with Brian and the crew. Yes, hi Fiona and Albert, thank you, thank you again for coming out. Um, I've never been to any of the places you've just come back from, so I'm curious from a business standpoint, from an investing standpoint, did anything stand out to you in terms of trends, in terms of conversation topics? It seems like so much of what we talk about, and so much of the media attention in the United States when it comes to the business media, it's dominated by the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Alphabet, 
Netflix, uh, sorry, Amazon, Netflix, Google. We're still we're still using the G for Google. Uh, so much of it is dominated there. I'm curious when you ha- now you've caught up on your sleep and you've had the <laughs> chance to sort of reflect on the trip. What stands out to you from an investing standpoint? Um, well, first, real quick, there's an analog to the Fang stocks in Asia, which is the Bat stocks. Um, there aren't as many. Uh, it's Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent. Um, I actually ran a poll recently on Twitter to see uh, what my what my uh, my followers uh, thought about Bat versus Fang over the next ten years, and and Fang won six to four. Um, although that might just represent the American bias of my Twitter followers. Um, so I'll say a couple of things. Number one, um, we uh, so the Motley Fool has been uh, expanding internationally f- since about 2010, 2011. Um, we launched in Australia and then uh, Canada, Singapore, Germany. We've been in the UK since the the late 90s. So now we're in five countries. Looking at launching in Hong Kong and Japan, which we hope to do soon. Um, I mean, the first thing that I always tell myself is. These are completely different markets. They have different underpinnings. Uh, investors have different priorities, and don't ever forget forget that. I know we 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 think like, hey, we went to Asia. Um, each each country is so different, and uh, and especially when we went from Tokyo to Hong Kong, um, you could not find two more um, contrasting places in terms of investor attitudes. In Japan, uh, the average investor is extremely risk-averse. They have incredible amounts of money just sitting away in cash. Um, we met with uh, uh, the, the guy who runs Costco Japan, who's a, 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 a really foolish guy. Loved, loved him. Um, and he was explaining that uh, Costco stores in, uh, in Japan... Uh, cash is is the most predominant form of payment, um, whereas in the U.S. it's it's pretty much inverted. Um, and you know you hear the stories about how much uh, how much money how much yen there is in sitting in people's homes, um, currency that might not be in circulation anymore. Uh, by the way, it, it, it's fifty years old. And the thing to remember in Japan is that <clears throat> saving in itself is a virtue. So. The idea of putting that money into riskier assets um, is really um, it's antithetical to like the the approach there. Uh, particularly when you look at um, you know if you studied the 1989-1990 market peak in Japan, where it was a go-go market, everybody thought money would just be made hand over fist, and obviously everybody got burned from that. So um, it's a very conservative um, investing culture in Japan. Um, there are large institutions at play, um, and they dominate most of the market activity and the headlines. Um, <clears throat> and yet, when you look at the long-term demographic trend, it's an aging society, um, and the social safety net in Japan will likely—I mean, similar to social security here in the U.S.—it will not be as generous in 30 years as it is today. And so. People are going to need to put their money into risk assets like stocks, um, and so that's the message that we're going to go there with, and um, and and I think it will res- I hope it will resonate, um, and I think there's a there's enough of a base of uh, of 
do-it-yourself investors. It's such a large country. I mean, 126 some some odd million um, inhabitants. So it, it, it's such a large country that I think um, there's a, there's a base of fool fans that will help us succeed and get off the ground there. If you contrast that with Hong Kong, um, which is much more of a gambling culture. So every every time we spoke to anybody in the investing sphere, um, the word uh, the, the the words day trading kept coming up. Um, and you know, and somebody made the joke. This was actually in Singapore that um, fixed income has become huge in Singapore. Um, but it's not just normal buying bonds. It's buying bonds using leverage. So so there's got to be like a little <laughs> a little air of danger to it. Um, <laughs> And uh, and so so in Hong Kong, uh, you hear about day trading, and you think, well, day trading is crazy. Like in the U.S., for example, Chris, if you and I were to say, let's go day trade, let's go try to make some money day trading, so we would get hit with the f- a trading fee getting into the position. We would get hit with the trading fee getting out of the position. Assuming we're literally day trading, we would if we if we made money, we would get hit with thirty five percent short term capital gains. So all of a sudden, we're we're 10 bucks in, 10 bucks out, and 35% on any gains. And that's if we make money. The odds are stacked against you. Now, in Hong Kong, um, the tax structure is different. So they don't have capital gains taxes. Um, so not, I'm not promoting day trading. I was here. just going to say so the lesson, folks, is if you're going to day trade, get yourself to Hong Kong. But it's not as insane of an idea when you don't have a 35% haircut on. A, a gain that you might make. Um, you obviously have the trading costs and, and, and whatnot, and then there's that whole, you know, market timing issue that, um, you know, I, I love the 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 tweet. I think it was a, a Ben Carlson tweet. Uh, it said, "Here are the top five market timers of all time," and it simply listed one, two, three, four, and five, and they were all blank. <laughs> um, so in Hong Kong, you've got a, a culture of um, of active trading. And um, not much long-term investing, and yet we one of our one of our meetings was with the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, and we, we got a nice tour of the floor. Um, and there's a there's an image of the Hong Seng Index, which is the equivalent of the S and P 500 for uh, the Hong Kong market, and it dated back to the early 1970s. And if you look when it started and where it is today, it's basically up and to the right. It's like every other long-term stock market chart. Pretty much in the world, um, and so we think, you know, our foolish, fundamental, bottom-up, long-term approach will resonate because the power of entrepreneurship, um, of holding great businesses and letting them compound over the years, it will work. Um, it's just, you know, we we have to, we're going to have to figure out how to um, how to position that within um, a market that is more active in nature. All right. Before we move on, got to say thanks to our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for sponsoring this episode of Market Foolery. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, or your life. If you're a day trader in Hong Kong, you're probably confident about that enterprise. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. That's rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 
number 3030. Uh, two more things before I let you get back to your actual job. Uh, give me a little bit of non-business observation from your trip, any sort of local color. And by the way, and I, of course, I whenever I think of local color, my stomach immediately goes to local cuisine, which makes me uh, reminds me to say thank you to Chin, who is um, one of our contractors down in Singapore, uh, who sent me, through you, uh, some Kit Kats from Singapore, which were fantastic. Uh, always great to get exotically flavored <laughs> Kit Kats. Uh, so, thank you for being the Kit Kat mule, and thank you to Chin for sending them. Uh, but uh, any sort of, um, I don't know, anything that you did that didn't involve business? Um, in case Tom is listening, no, it was all business. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, so, we were there for uh, over the course of two weekends, so I did have a little, um, I had a little downtime. Uh, first of all, we ate extremely well. Um, and the food cultures in all three of those countries is just phenomenal. Um, and, uh, it, it, I cannot recommend highly enough just going to eat and, and, uh, and experiencing, um, you know, as an American food that is so authentic and delicious that, uh, yeah, it, it it makes me want to it makes makes me want to go back. It sounds a little bit, and I've I've heard a couple of people make that same point, and it reminds me of what people say about if you ever visit San Francisco, and it's just like, oh, just go out to eat in San Francisco. What restaurant should I go to? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's San Francisco. Every like even the worst restaurant in San Francisco yep. is still better than most restaurants elsewhere. Uh, it's it's true. I, the our colleague Tim Hansen has a rule of international uh, travel, and uh, and the rule is when you're hungry, look for the longest line and get in it. And uh, standing in line with locals, it's standing in line with locals, and it's it's good advice. Um, it it will om- I mean, if you have the time, obviously, it will almost always serve you well. Um, I'll say okay, uh, I'm a I'm a big basketball fan. Grew up playing basketball. Um, one of my highlights was going uh, to a local court in Hong Kong. Um, outdoors. Outdoors. Uh, it was about 9 p.m., and yet... Uh, the, and it was cool and tepid, <laughs> right? The feels-like index on my phone said 111 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> at 9 p.m. Um, and uh, it was it was near Wan Chai in, um, on, on Hong Kong Island, and I played some extremely fun pickup, and I learned that uh, the Hong Kong culture for hoops is really fantastic. Somebody told me, a local told me, and I, I'm I like the story, so I don't I don't care if it's not even true, but um, that every uh, every neighborhood in Hong Kong has a basketball court and a library, um, and you know, in my book, that's. That's my kind of place. Yeah. Um, and the, the the competition was pretty good. Um, and it was, I think, we played a couple of games, and there, was, there were a couple Americans, um, a bunch of local guys, and then um, a couple guys from, from Europe. So it was, it was a, uh, that was a highlight, I would say. Hoops in Hong Kong. If you're ever there for any reason and you're looking for hoops, uh, you will not look far. Uh, you mentioned uh, our CEO, Tom Gardner. He spoke at... Uh, an investing fair 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the last thing I want to get to because I, th- I think we've got some highlights that are available for people if they're interested. Yeah. So part of our trip um, revolved around uh, what's called Invest Fair, which is a conference um, put on every August in in Singapore. Um, I think it's the largest investing conference in Singapore. And Tom was invited this year to be the keynote speaker. Um, and he gave a great speech. Um, the, we make uh, we made the slides available online, um, and uh, I, I think you have the URL. Um, we can give that out in a second. But uh, Tom talked about how to invest in year eight of a bull market, uh, which was a topic that I think everybody was wondering. Uh, and it was standing room only. They actually had two satellite rooms because um, they didn't want um, the overflow crowd to, to impact the structure, the scaffolding and the structure that they had around the, um, the, the room that the speech was in. So they had two satellite rooms. Both of those were full. Um, so it was awesome to see um, a, a, a room full of people who are thinking foolishly about investing. And Tom dropping some um, really good knowledge on um, on on the audience around um, market declines, what to expect, um, using a lot of work um, that Morgan Housel and Tom had been doing in Motley Fool One over the years, and just the the S and P five hundred has such um, a lengthy historical record um, that you can look back to literally to the eighteen seventies and understand the cycles. Um, of when to expect 10% declines, 20% declines, 30% declines. And basically, um, we have been living in a world, uh, we've been living in an anomalous world over the last few years. So, um, so yeah, and the, the, the conference was great. It was great to meet a lot of our, um, our, our paying members and, and our, our readers in Singapore and, um, and see Tom, um, I mean, he was actually giving autographs afterwards, so it was <laughs> it so was great. pretty fun. Uh, if you're interested in the details uh, of this talk that uh, Brian was just talking about, uh, you can go to fool.sg, which is our site in Singapore. Fool.sg/investfair2017. You know what? I'm going to put the URL in the description of this podcast just to make it easy. Fool.sg slash investfair2017. Programming note, per yesterday's episode, I'm heading to California uh, to speak at a podcast conference. So, no market foolery on Wednesday or Thursday, but special episode on Friday when I'm back. So, a great chance to check out other Motley Fool podcasts. Please, please check out the other podcasts, if you haven't already, because I know there are a lot of people who listen to more than one, which is great. Uh, Brian Richards, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday.